The Saskatchewan Pulse Growers Winter Pulse Meeting yesterday went virtual. Glenda Lee Allen Vosser was online for the event and focuses in on presentations dealing with anthracnose in lentils. Dr. Michelle Hubbard is a research scientist with agriculture and agri-food and notes it's the most important foliar disease in lentils. It causes um, symptoms that typically start low in the canopy and can include stem lesions as well as water-soaked lesions on leaves. And as it moves up the canopy, it can lead to leaf drop. And if the symptoms become severe enough and actually girdle the stem, meaning they wrap up all the way around the stem, they can cause lodging as the stem might break or nutrient supply could be cut off to the upper part of the plant. The anthracnose life cycle um, involves survival of pathogen inoculum or the spores from year to year. And, and then once the spores are present and lentils are present to be infected, infection can spread from plant to plant multiple times over the growing season by wind or rain spreading the inoculum from one plant to another. And so some of these pictures show just a microscope image of a spore and then more advanced lesions where you can see the microsclerotia or sclerotia or the little black dots in which spores are produced. And as I'm sure you're aware, especially after last year, the environment can have a big impact. And as with most diseases, a wetter environment tends to promote disease and more extreme temperatures, such as cooler temperatures or extreme heat, can reduce disease. And then in terms of management options, fungicides are important, um, but before you decide about a spray application, scouting is also important. And if you do decide to spray, it's important to do it early as a preventative spray and before the canopy closes, um, around flowering, and this is in part to ensure good coverage with your fungicide, that you can actually get into that lower part of the canopy where the disease is. And then, as I mentioned, the inoculum or the spores survive in the debris over time, so this leads to the importance of a good crop rotation and not growing lentils multiple times in four years. There are varieties with genetic resistance to anthracnose, but this resistance is only against the less common and less virulent or less disease-causing race one. So even if you choose a resistant variety, you're still at risk. Other strategies could include doing what you can to avoid a very dense canopy, so not planting too densely. And something that, in, that I think may have potential is intercropping. I say may because intercropping can help with some other foliar diseases, but there's really no research as yet on its impact in lentil. But and if you do um, decide to try intercropping, I would love to hear about it because it's an area that I'm very interested in. So now to move into fungicides, they are a very important tool that's commonly used for managing anthracnose. Um, they can act in many different ways. 
and are classified based on active ingredients that can fall into various groups. And for um, those that manage anthracnose of lentil, strobilurins or group 11s are the most prevalent and the most common, followed by group 7s or succinate dehydrogenase inhibitors, and then group 3s, which are demethylation inhibitors. And then a, uh, another option is M5 or M3s, um, which are contact-based. She notes producers need to be aware of fungicide insensitivity and the fact that some fungicides are more at risk than others. Certain fungicides are more at risk for resistance developing to them than others. And group 11s are at the highest risk, in part because there's just a single mutation. So a change in one base in DNA can lead to pretty much total resistance to this group. And then group 3s and group 7s are at medium risk. And then the contact-based M5 and M3 group are at a lower risk. She says based on some of the research that she's done and others have done, as a grower, she suggests you might want to assume you do have insensitivity to group 11. And if you and consider using fungicides that don't have a group 11 active, definitely don't do two applications of fungicide that contain a group 11 within a single season. If you apply a fungicide, do it early before canopy closure and keep track of what you've done. Use good crop rotations. Do what you can otherwise to maintain a healthy crop in terms of weed control and fertility, etc. Consider trying intercropping, though I would advise starting small if you're new to it. And to facilitate the survey that I'm planning for 2022, I'd encourage you to sign up for the press monitoring program online. Michelle Hubbard is a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada out of the Swift Current Research and Development Centre. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Vossler, I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.